0: If you're listening real time from the US, today is Thanksgiving. I don't imagine many people will be listening in real time because the day doesn't tend to allow much for downtime or any time, really, to think about anything other than food. The amount of food, the kind of food, the timing of the food, the cooking and the serving of the food. It's a lot. And in the cloud of planning and food and people, it can be easy to lose sight of the reason it's all happening in the first place. If you're listening outside the U.S. or if you don't celebrate Thanksgiving or even if you're listening on some random Tuesday in May, don't worry, this is still for you. A few years ago, there was this quote from Max Lucado on gratitude that was circulating through social media. I haven't seen it in a long time, but it occasionally makes its way through my mind. It says, what if you woke up this morning and had only the things you thanked God for yesterday? Now, Fortunately for us, God is so gracious and kind and he doesn't work that way, but you have to admit it makes you stop and wonder, did I thank God for my family yesterday? Did I thank God for the hot water that runs through my house? Did I thank God for my job that allows me to pay the bills or for the food in the pantry? I mean, we could go on and on about the seemingly little things we might forget to thank God for that are actually the really big things. But what if, instead of simply making and reciting thank yous from a list, we live a life of gratitude, praising God with our words and our actions and our stewardship? What does that look like? Welcome to Loved and Made Worthy. My name is Erica, and this is a podcast about embracing our God-given purpose and letting go of perfectionism, people-pleasing, and overachieving. If you want a deeper relationship with Jesus and are ready to ditch the labels that God never gave you, this is for you. Listen in as we journey with God to find out who He is, what that means for our life, and ultimately, who He created us to be. In Luke chapter 17, we're told the story of Jesus healing 10 men with leprosy. Any healing is incredible and miraculous and not something to be overlooked, but there's so much more happening in this story than just physical healing. It begins in verse 11. It says, on the way to Jerusalem, he, meaning Jesus, was passing along between Samaria and Galilee. And as he entered a village, he was met by ten lepers who stood at a distance and lifted up their voices, saying, Jesus, Master, have mercy on us. And when he saw them, he said to them, Go and show yourselves to the priests. And as they went, they were cleansed. Then one of them, when he saw that he was healed, turned back, praising God with a loud voice, and he fell on his face at Jesus's feet, giving him thanks. Now he was a Samaritan. Then Jesus answered, Were not ten cleansed? Where are the nine? Was no one found to return and give praise to God except this foreigner? And he said to him, Rise and go on your way. Your faith has made you well. There are three aspects to the healing that occurs in this story, but before we talk about that, we have to address the leprosy itself. Leprosy was the term used for a number of skin conditions, and during this time, if you contracted leprosy, you were immediately made to be an outcast. You lived outside the city walls and were no longer able to come into contact with people. I had some working knowledge of the disease, but in preparation for this episode, I did some deeper research on the modern definition of leprosy, which is also called Hansen's disease, and honestly, it's terrifying. I can see why people were so afraid to be in close proximity to somebody who was carrying it. So these men are calling to Jesus from afar, begging to be healed. This was their Hail Mary pass. It was a last-ditch effort for hope at a different life. I imagine they had dreams of returning to their families inside the city and no longer suffering from their disease. The first and most obvious healing to take place in this story is Physical. The men call to Jesus for mercy. He tells them to show themselves to the priests, and on their way, they're cleansed. So, like I said earlier, biblical leprosy is a widely used term for skin conditions or blemishes. But in the late 1800s, we defined leprosy more precisely and called it Hansen's disease. One of the articles I read while I was doing my research was adapted from a book called The Genesis of Germs, and it has all this information in it that you can find. I'll be sure to link the article in the show notes, but listen to what it says about the symptoms of Hansen's disease. Its symptoms start in the skin and peripheral nervous system, outside the brain and spinal cord, then spread to other parts, such as the hands, feet, face, and earlobes. Patients with leprosy experience disfigurement of the skin and bones, twisting of the limbs, and curling of the fingers to form the characteristic claw hand. Facial changes include thickening of the outer ear and collapsing of the nose. Tumor-like growths called the promas may form on the skin and in the respiratory tract, and the optic nerve may deteriorate. The largest number of deformities develop from loss of pain sensation due to extensive nerve damage. For instance, inattentive patients can pick up a cup of boiling water without flinching. It goes on to describe some other things in detail that I'll spare you here, but the important thing to note is that this disease is awful and was spreading through skin contact and droplets from the upper respiratory tract, which is why those with leprosy were made to live as outcasts. So imagine for just a moment these 10 men suffering in the way that we just heard and then healed in an instant. We're not told how far they went before they were healed, but only one man returns praising God. He falls at the feet of Jesus and gives him thanks. The second aspect of healing that occurred that day is social. Two times we're told that this man was not a Jew, one of Jesus's own people. He was a Samaritan, and the Samaritans and Jews did not have a great relationship. There was a lot of hatred between the two, and many times they would do whatever they could to avoid the other. So it's significant that this man, a Samaritan, would run back to Jesus, a Jew, and throw himself at Jesus' feet. This healing allowed for a crossing of the cultural divide. This man was changed. Not just outwardly, but inwardly too. Which is the final aspect to the healing that takes place that day. Spiritual healing. In his physical healing, this man's heart was softened enough for him to recognize that God is worthy to be praised and that he couldn't have been healed on his own. And that's the thing about biblical leprosy. It's not just about this disease of the skin, it's about the disease of sin and its effects on our lives. Look at the parallels sin spreads and makes us unrecognizable, it is destructive and creates a callousness in our hearts. It makes us outcasts, unable to be in God's presence. And Jesus is the only cure. Jesus tells the man that returned, rise and go your way, your faith has made you well. Not only was that man healed from his physical leprosy, it appears he was healed from his spiritual leprosy as well. Without his willingness to go back to Jesus and express his gratitude, he would have not had the opportunity to be made well by his faith. Which begs the question, How can we curate a life of thankfulness? We've received the same healing as the man with leprosy. So how can we show the same gratitude at the feet of Jesus? Well, Psalm 100 verses four through five tells us to enter his gates with thanksgiving and his courts with praise. Give thanks to him. Bless his name for the Lord is good. His steadfast love endures forever and his faithfulness to all generations. It really is as simple as praising God and saying thank you. And this is to our benefit mentally and physically. 2 Corinthians 4:15 through 16 says, For it is all for your sake, so that as grace extends to more and more people, it may increase thanksgiving to the glory of God. So we do not lose heart. Though our outer self is wasting away, our inner self is being renewed day by day. Philippians 4, 6 through 7 tells us, Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything, by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God, and the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Praising God renews our strength and makes us resilient. It gives us somewhere to take our anxieties and all our heaviness and changes our perspective. Living a life of gratitude gives us the space to rewrite the narratives we hear in our heads and out in the world, and reminds us that we serve a God who is good and kind and loving. As we consider what it would look like to curate a life of thanksgiving, I want to challenge each of us to start memorializing our moments of gratitude. Whether in a journal, making a paper chain, in your phone, whatever, how we mark the moment of gratitude isn't as important as making the time to do it. But together, let's commit to praising God more, saying thank you more, shifting our focus more, and then watch how God changes our lives from the inside out. I want to leave you with one last thought from 1 Thessalonians 5, 16-18. Rejoice always, pray without ceasing, give thanks in all circumstances, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. I hope today's episode blessed your spiritual walk and brought you just a little bit closer to Jesus. If you enjoyed listening, please consider subscribing and leaving a review. I love to hear how God is using this in your life. And if you'd like to connect, be sure to join the Loved and Made Worthy Facebook group. I would love to see you there. Now, as we go our separate ways, I just want to remind you of three things you are seen, you are loved, and you are made worthy in Jesus. I'll see you next time.